This is the B-Team Podcast, brought to you by Jackrabbit Illustrated. I'm sure we get away with some holding, too. We just have blue and yellow glasses when we watch the game. And I wouldn't be surprised by the end of his career you start seeing NFL looks. I mean, I, I feel like he's that good. Got him right. Look at us go. We're good at this. It only took us half the season. We've hit our stride, everybody. Yep, you are witnessing your well Greatness. And this is why yes. we're, th- this may be our Jordan game. Now, here's Ben and Brendan. Hey everybody, welcome back to the B-Team Podcast. I'm Brendan here with my co-host Ben. What up everybody? Just, uh, we got a not fun game to go over this week now, um, you know. Yeah, I wasn't really looking forward to recording this on Saturday um, after the game, but you know, it's Wednesday now, I've had time to reflect on it, and I- I'm good now. Uh, let's... I'm feeling I'm feeling optimistic. You know, I, I was down for a while, um, but yeah, your back popped up, standing tall, ready to rock. Yeah, let's let's go. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's talk about this. Let's talk no. about what we're gonna do going forward. <laughs> right. You know, I think I texted you. Is uh, we no, we cannot record today because I will lose my mind and oh, yeah. a terrible podcast. <laughs> so, um, yeah, frustrating game, but. You know, when you look back on it, and you've said it a lot, um, we lost that game ourselves. If, if anybody's out there thinking SDSU is a terrible team because all of a sudden we dropped a game to Illinois State, who, by the way, is top 10 team, you need to maybe set down your, I don't know, angry juice and, like, have a real thought on, you know, think back on what really happened that game. Because that game just really flipped on its head in three plays. Yeah, I mean, the most, looking back on it, the most disappointing thing about that whole day was the attendance. And we're not going to go into that. That horse has been beat and it is dead. And so we're not going to talk about that. But, yeah, I mean, it, it was all those turnovers and it was starting with the end of the third quarter and it just snowballed on us. And yeah. it's what's weird is uh, Illinois State had the same thing happen to them the week before against Northern Iowa where mm-hmm. they, they had them on the, you know, they were they had kind of in control of the game and they just it just kind of turnover after turnover. And, and before you know it, you're down by two scores and there's not enough time left on the clock. So, um you know, that was one thing, you know, people kept saying, well, why did we abandon the run? It's like, well, you know, if you look at the way things played out, we didn't really have yeah. a chance to get back to it. You know, we we only no. had we only had the ball for like one possession in the fourth quarter. And by the time we had the ball, it was down, we were down by two scores. Right. You know, there was a lot of people uh, where I was sitting screaming, run the ball, run the ball. Well, A, we had, what, 80 rushing yards at the time. And B, we had five minutes left in the game to score two two touchdowns against a team we haven't been running the ball on. You can't afford to run timeout. You you had to throw the ball there. Yeah. But you know, it it's just wild how it went from one of those games where yeah, it didn't feel like we were playing our best game, but we were in control of it. And it felt like it was gonna break like you and I had talked about leading up to the game. And then the interception happens and it's like, all right, that sucked. I guess we're not running away with this one. And then the kickoff fumble happens and then everything fell apart and went to hell. Um, but really you look at it for the numbers we put up, we were really in control of that game. Just offensive numbers. We put up the defense was standing tall and then they got put out there four drives in a row you know, starting inside the 20 twice, that's, you, I, I don't know, I don't think the 85 Bears would still stand up to that, you know, no doubt. position. Yeah, we, the offense definitely put them in some tough positions and they did what they could, but yeah, there's, there's only so much you can do. Um, you know, the one the one positive takeaway from it, I think, is Illinois, credit to Illinois State, they did a great job of forcing us to throw the ball. They stacked the box with as many guys, as you know, eight, even nine guys at times. And they were doing a good job of stopping our run. 
And so, you know, when people, you know, wanted us to run when we were down, it's like, yes, it'd be nice if we could keep running, but with the way they were playing defense, we had to throw the ball. Um, and they were just begging us to throw the ball. They were covering Cade one-on-one. Um, right. And, you know, you saw Heidi, you know, first of all, make the interception mistake, and then second of all, um, hold on to the ball too long and ended up in a fumble. And I think the positive of that is that happened in that game because, you know, it, 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 we could have gone through the rest of the regular season and him not see that mm-hmm. and and have it the first time he sees that in the playoffs. Right. And then, you know, hopefully he can learn from it and and next time he sees it in the playoffs and or even t- this next game against UNI, he can, you know, have more better internal clock, I think, is one thing he needs. Um, he does a great job of stepping through the pocket, but it just seemed like he didn't realize how long he was holding onto the ball and how he just can't do that against good defenses like that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the positive takeaway from it is just great experience. Um you know, it sucks because we lose out on the chance at the uh, top three, four seed. But um, we still got some big opportunity in front of us, so can't dwell on it too long. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> this is uh, going to be a game that I feel like wakes up the team, which we tend to have to have fairly frequently. But, um, you know, you, you look at it, and like you said, it's great that he had these game reps against – this sort of blitzing now as opposed to in Fargo in the playoffs because that would be that would end up being a real disaster so yeah it's a good thing I think the coaching staff um, needs to take a long hard look at this game as well um, sure that they're doing that I think everybody's doing does a little bit of soul searching after a game like that and take some accountability for themselves because we got to figure out a way to handle that sort of pressure better as well we can't just sit back and go well our freshman quarterback has to do better that's great but what do we got to do to get him in a better position as well so you know I think that goes hand in hand a little bit but yeah I mean his his I don't know if he's not trusting where he sees to throw the ball or it just takes him a while to process what he's looking at before he goes to his next read but and it's kind of odd for a, a young quarterback to not trust his legs and run because it felt like there was at least 10 times where he dropped back. He's back there a long time, and I was just screaming, just run, because the whole pocket opened up around him, and he had a lane right up the middle for 5 to 10 yards, and he doesn't take it yet. So I suppose that can be a positive. It's probably a lot easier to teach a guy to run than it is to break him from a habit of nobody's on my first read, run, go. Mm -hmm. So that's a good thing. And, I mean, that pass, you know, on positives, that pass they dropped into Anderson was a beautiful ball. His pocket presence that he has is just next level. It's pretty – it's phenomenal for a true freshman. So um, overall, you know, I think it's one you almost throw for – as a fan – it's one that I just throw out of my mind because if you look at the Jacks out of games like this, when they drop a game, we haven't lost back-to-back games since 2015. And usually it's a pretty resounding bounce back. So I'm looking for these guys to come out with the fire under their butts and, uh, and some purpose in their step here coming out, especially after listening to how uh, Kay Johnson was talking in the post game uh, interview there. That was something else. Yeah, I mean, he's a he's a passionate guy, uh, which I love to see, you know. Mm-hmm. And he he sounds like he expects you know the best out of all of his teammates, which is a good thing. And hopefully, you know, he can provide some leadership along with the seniors on the team, and hopefully, we can get back on track next week. Yeah, I mean that's what we're looking for, um, you know. And I think uh, the boys are going to get it done. We'll speaking of getting back on track, you are still gaining ground on me in the picks. Which I'm not happy about because the the thing is, besides the week... No, here's the deal. (laughs) Besides besides the week where Chad picked for you and just killed it, you've been mediocre. You've been going 500, barely over, barely under 500. I, on the other hand, have just been absolutely choking. Yeah. Choking and the big so, lead. He's hearing footsteps, folks. You hear that? 
Uh, and maybe, uh, maybe that's what it down. is. I don't know. If I was down. if I was smart and playing the long game, I would just match your picks. But that's not what I'm about. Oh, that's some. That's some, <laughs> you pick first. That's how that goes. That no, now we, would, we have a new rule. Whoever's in the lead has to pick not, first. So yeah, we don't play that game at this that, point in the season. Even, we sh- we probably should do that. But no, I don't. I mean, I dirty pool up. I was going. I was clearly going for the throat and picking opposite of you anyway. So, Does everybody, fe- you guys all smell that? That's fear. <laughs> uh, I have no fear. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Obviously, thinking of that yeah. strategy, not scared yeah. at all. Mm-mm. Really backfired mm-hmm. on me. Hopefully, I can pick it up this week. Yeah, because I'm I'm fifty one forty eight. You're forty nine and fifty. So you're the footsteps are getting louder. Yeah. All yeah. right. So to recap our picks, um, <laughs> we I believe we were both on Weber State um, beating UND by seventeen, and they did not. They only won by three, and were Thanks, Weber. In, in trouble in that game. So mm-hmm. that's kind of a, a pre- precursor to the um, the matchup we'll be picking later um, between Weber State and Montana. Um, and then the UNH uh, JMU game, you called it. Um, JMU just shellacked New Hampshire and kind of exposed them. And they won 54 to 16 and easily covered the 17 and a half point spread. Yeah. Um, I think uh, UNH and the rest of the CAA is a bunch of bubble teams in the playoffs. I don't think they're anybody's good enough to. Is, the caliber of team to be considered a solid playoff team. No, I agree. I mean, the only other one that has a decent record at this point is Villanova. And even their resume is pretty suspect. I saw somebody predict them getting a seed and I just, I don't see that at all, but there's some incredibly bad losses in the CAA. It's just like mind bogglingly bad losses. You know, UNH lost the Holy cross. Right. What is that? I have no idea. By the way, folks, Holy Cross is in the Patriot League who looks like they're going to send a team with a losing record into the playoffs as their auto bid for a second time. <laughs> Good thing they have an auto bid. Yeah. <laughs> Something. <laughs> so Good. we'll we'll do a little seed seed talk a little bit later, get dive into that. Um, as far as the Missouri Valley games go, USD bounced back and showed some life. They uh, beat Youngstown State bad, fifty six to twenty one. Youngstown State's clearly folded on the season, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Pelini in the off season. There, um, yeah, we picked that one wrong. We definitely did. We're Didn't have right. any not faith close. in the Oats. Nope. And then uh, Southern Illinois um, barely took care of business against uh, Missouri State as far as the spread goes. They won 37-14, covering 17.5. NDSU did not take care of business. And I didn't watch the flow of that game. Did they put in some scrubs and and Western Illinois scored on them, or how'd that go? I paid no attention. They were playing wet tissue paper. I didn't really. Yeah. And I honestly wasn't in the mood to watch NDSU win. That so, wet tissue paper scored 21 points on NDSU, so I don't. They must have done something right. Three touchdowns against the Scrubs. I would 99. percent Well, that's what. Yeah, I have no idea if it was the Scrubs or not. But anyway, they put up they, like 600 yards offense or something stupid against them. It's that's that one that I. That's one that I called right against you, and it still didn't help me very much. But got that going for me. One or two. It yeah. would be memorable when you have two of them. Right. <laughs> and then uh, you and I, and we'll talk about this a little bit later probably, but they didn't have a very good showing against an Indiana State team who doesn't have a whole lot to play for at this point in the season. They only won 17-9, not even close to covering their 21-point spread. No. Um, so that's kind of a precursor to uh, our matchup this week against you and I. And then... Obviously, our game against Illinois State, where we were favored by a crazy 17 and a half points. Somehow, we talked ourselves into us covering that spread. We, we were wrong. <laughs> yeah. Although, inaccurate here's, pick. Here's the deal when we went up, what was it, 18 to 10? 
Right. We were starting to kind of get into that mode where I was like, all right, here's where we, you know, our run it game is going the second half. And I was like, I was feeling good. Mm-hmm. And then the interception happened and it just went downhill real fast. Yep. And it we fell apart. Clearly didn't cover there. So hopefully we can do better this week. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. I pick better this week. No, you don't otherwise, have to pick better. Otherwise, I don't want you to, to put that pressure on yourself. I don't want to have to rename the damn segment Fade Ben Get Rich. Well, you don't have to rename anything because it's not like there. I'm picking winners. It's not no. like I'm winning every week. I'm just batting for average here. I'm no, not it's true, but batting if, for average. At this point, if you're looking to make a profit, I'd probably fade me with the way I, I went two and six the past two <laughs> weeks. So that's it's a, a beautiful pretty, thing. Pretty solid average there. Hey, you are a Vikings fan, so, you know. Hey, Skull Vikes, we got a big win this week. You shut <laughs> it. Congratulations <laughs> on that win. <laughs> still All second right. in the standings, though, right? Yeah, we'll see about that by the end of the season. We need to bet on that, too. <laughs> anyway, so that wraps up our picks for the week. What about... Uh, We'll talk about seeds in a little bit, but let's talk a little bit about how many Missouri Valley playoff teams you think they're going to be. It's looking like four for sure. You think we'll get five in? Well, I'm going to go ahead and count them off here out loud and tell me if I miss anybody. I think NDSU's in. I think you and I is in. I mean, if it depends how the committee feels about it. Their right, wins. right. They have Just a few quality ones. In. Yeah, they got one or two quality wins in there. Um, yeah. You and I. <laughs> you and I, um, Illinois State, Southern Illinois, and as long as we take care of business in these last two weeks ourselves. So I'm going to go with five. I'm thinking so too. Um, and I mean, and before we talk about the seeds, uh, it's possible that we have four seeded Missouri Valley teams. I mean, it, it's it's not likely, but depending no. on how th- depending on things fall out, though, no, it's not no out of the realm of, it's not out of the realm of possibility. No way. There's no way at, at all. I, they no. Well, no. okay. The, let's the, let's the committee it. claims they don't take conference affiliation into consideration when they seed teams. They just pick the top eight teams, but no, no way unless. Uh, you need you need uh, off the top of my head. I need you need Furman to lose. You need Montana to lose their last two, and then Which, probably need another loss in there. We're gonna we're gonna pick the Furman game. They're only favored by one this week against Wofford, so it's not that out of the realm that they lose. I mean, they could drop one. They 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 had a terrible loss earlier this year, so they could drop one and maybe drop out of the seedings. But I just don't see the committee going. Yeah, sure, we're going to make out the seeds Missouri Valley teams and not give somebody an excuse to hang in there flimsily and have somebody get screwed. Just saying, if Furman loses to Wofford, it's it's a possibility. We'll put it that way. Right. So let's talk about seeds. The teams, the teams that I think both of us agree that are locks to have a seed, assuming that they don't do something stupid and lose a game they're not supposed to lose, right? W- would be NDSU, yep. who's pretty much locked in at number one, yep, and then JMU and the winner of Montana and Weber State would be yeah. two slash three. Yeah, we, I mean, you can debate which one should be two out of those two. Right. And uh, uh, we were talking before the show, I think we were state assuming they beat Montana would have a claim to, you know, a better resume for number two over JMU, but big time, but name brand, you know, exactly. That's the problem is it seems like the committee enjoys name brands, which JMU is one. And then beyond those, so we got three so far that are locked up, basically. And then we've got Sac State, who's probably going to be the four seed. So the top four, in in our opinion, are are locked. After that, I don't know that Illinois State's locked into number five, but I think 
that assuming they take care of business, they're probably locked into a seat as well. Yeah. And in, in, and when we're talking, taking care of business here too, I think even if Montana loses when let's say Montana loses to Weber or Weber loses to Montana, if they win their final game, I think they're still a seat, either one of those teams. Yeah. And that's what, yeah, that that's kind of the next thing we were going to talk about here is, you know, the, so we've got five so far that are, we'll say locks as right. long as they win out. And like you said, the Montana Weber state loser would probably also be a lock. Yep. So now you're sitting at six locks mm-hmm. with the Montana Weber state winner and loser, both getting seeds. Right. Then we go down to Furman who as of right now, they would probably be a seed if they went out, but yep. like we alluded to, they have a big game against Wofford this weekend where they're, at Wofford and they're only one point favorites. Yeah. And if they, if they lose that game, they're not getting a seed. No, no way. There's no way they get a seed if they lose that. And game, I, that's for sure. I don't think Wofford's going to get a seed if they win. No, no, they won't either. But they they've got some really bad loss. Well, they might. The committee does really stupid stuff all the time. But <laughs> yeah. they shouldn't. They shouldn't get a seed if they even if they beat you know, Weber or not Weber Furman, but right. You know, they had UNH in the top 10 last week. So Lord knows where they have everybody else. We're not <laughs> going to know until they drop the, the deals. Um, no, I know. Yeah. We, you know, I'm on board with you there. You know, if, if you want that magical four seed scenario, you need Weber to beat Montana and Montana to lose against Montana state. Right, you need Montana State to lose this week. You need SDSU to beat Northern Iowa, and then Northern Iowa to win out. SDSU to win out. Illinois State to win out. And you might even need Sac State to drop, a, or you need, and then you need Furman to lose to Wofford. I think that would be the formula. And even then, it's iffy. If Montana State beats Montana and they win their game beforehand, they might be able to squeak into a seed over a Missouri Valley team. I just have a hard time seeing them have four teams. I They put in six CAA teams last year, and that kind of blew up in their face. I have a hard time. It's, oh, man. The, I mean, it would be entertaining to see what happens <laughs> if there's four. The internet would blow up in FCS <laughs> inter- internet. Yeah. <laughs> like AGS would exp- like be in flames. The Colonial yeah. Athletic guys would – literally all have aneurysms on the spot and then smash their computers with a hammer. But <clears throat> Twitter would be on fire. But it's a weird year. I'm not I guess I shouldn't say there's no way because it's such a weird right. year right now. So nobody wants to win, even ourselves. We we had a top four seed lock sewn up. We had the top four seed sewn up. We just had to win. And then we drop a game that we shouldn't have because we fumbled the ball. You can't have ball security. So, um, yeah, weird stuff happens. Let's get back to the math of the thing here. We said we've got those five locks, and we mm-hmm. think that the Montana Weaver State loser would be the sixth lock. Let's assume that Furman loses to Wofford. There are only six teams locked into seeds. Mm-hmm. If SDSU wins out, and you and I only loses to us and then wins, that could be seven and eight. It could be. Who else it Who else would jump them? Could be. Who would jump them? Yeah. Because um, you said we need Montana to lose. I don't even think we need Montana to lose. I think we need Montana to lose. They will make Why? A, who, would, who would jump us? Um, I could see some flimsy reasoning happening for like a Villanova if they went out or a Montana state. But if well, Montana you know, state, if you have Montana state, then you got four exactly. big sky teams. Uh, well, but if Montana just, state wins out or if Montana state beats Montana, they're Montana's not going to seed. Right. If Montana state beats Montana and Montana loses to Weaver, they're not yeah. getting the seed. Exactly. So now we're back to six plus Probably. SDSU, UNI, seven, eight. 
I'm just saying it's it's actually logically it's it it makes sense. You're but winning all, me over here, like uh, like I won you over on our 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 pick last week, and that crashed and burned <laughs> me. But there's no pick riding on this. Yeah, I mean, you know, looking at it, um, I can't think of a good argument off the top of my head right now as to why that's impossible. Other than I just have a hard time seeing the MVFC getting four seeds. And oh my, could you imagine how? the world would ex- really explode if they managed to get all four Missouri Valley seeds on the same side of the bracket. <laughs> yeah, that would that would be... NDSU <laughs> fans themselves would light Fargo on fire. Oh, yeah. They'd be... They would burn down Fargo out of spite for the committee's rankings, yeah. I'm pretty much sure. They'd be petitioning to join like the FBS as an independent or something just to get the they, hell out of the FCS after that. They, <laughs> oh my god, they'd be so mad. Holy crap, they'd be mad. I mean, I wouldn't be thrilled either, but no. wow, would they be mad. They get mad enough when we, they get lined up with us in like the semifinals. Like they're, they're <laughs> right. angrier than SDSU fans are at this point. And I'm going, why? I don't what yeah, they but hey, they're passionate, I guess, but yeah, God, that would be something, huh? If we have four it, seeds, the CAA would be so goddamn mad. Yeah, but I mean, the CAA fans would be just because because they cannot stand the Missouri Valley being the top conference, right? But I mean, resume wise, like Villanova has no argument over SDSU or UNI in that situation. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I don't know. Since we're playing the fun what if game. Yeah. What if JMU manages to lose its last two games? Well, that's not going to happen. Okay, we're playing. Okay, can we play? Just play. <laughs> let's fun, okay. Let's let's world. do this. What do you got for me? Villanova loses their last two games. Right, that there's <laughs> no way that's going to happen. But let's just do it. This is fun. Okay. So they both lose their last two games. Montana beats Weber. Then Montana loses to Montana State. Okay. You've got, and then SDSU wins out. You and I loses to us, and then wins the last game. Illinois State wins out. NDSU wins out. That's an all big. You've got an all big sky. Missouri Valley, top eight. Yeah, you would at that point. That'd be wild. With with UCA just pissing all over themselves this weekend, getting just shellacked by Southeastern Louisiana. That really yeah. opened the door. Well, I mean, regardless of your crazy situation, it's a like we've been saying, it's a real possibility that Missouri Valley has four and Big Sky has three, which is kind of nuts. You know what I could see happening now that we've been talking and I was thinking about a little bit? What they could do for the number eight seed that would just piss people off, but I could see them doing it because – Kennesaw State was so highly ranked. Don't you say Monmouth. Monmouth. No. <laughs> eight seed. I could see him sliding in at the eight seed. Oh, God. That would not surprise me. I could see Monmouth sliding in because they don't have any bad losses. They've got the win over Kennesaw. Um, pretty sure they almost had an FBS win, and they only have one FCS loss. That was at Montana at the start of the year, and they were in that game at halftime. I could see them putting Monmouth in if they see there's going to be four teams from the same conference seated. Yeah, and the nice thing is if we win out, we're not going to be that odd MVFC team out. It's going to be you and I. So we got that going If we win out... Because here's the thing. like You look at UNH being the number 10 team and UCA being in their seeds and all that stuff from the committee. What I saw from the way they had things ranked, they don't care about who you lost to. They care about your wins. And I get so, that. I hear that argument all the time. I mean, we can say we don't. We have good losses. They don't care this year. They care about your wins. When that boils down to it, it's going to boil down to a round robin between – the three of us, and I think it could boil down to who ends up ranked higher, who ends up higher in the packing order for tiebreakers in the Missouri Valley. Which is stupid. It is stupid, but I, I mean, how else do you sort that 
that out, you look at quality losses like a like a normal human being would, like us as DSU fans want them to. That no, like like a reasonable happen. person would. You like think you look okay? At, you okay, let's do that. Who you let's, played and how you how you did against who you played. Let's do the more quality losses. Then you and I went to overtime with with Iowa State, and they lost to number three Weber. And well, no, you know what? You and I would not be because they'd have too. Much, we we'd have less losses in general, right? All right, fair enough, right? And that's why I think fine. You be it, that it, way. It, I don't think they get. <laughs> Fine. As long as Whatever. we went out, I think we our resume compared to their resume, I feel Whatever. like we're over them. You you be right. The, the right. more the more interesting one is our resume versus Illinois State. Right, and that's where the quality quality loss argument I think goes out the window. They beat us, and yeah, I don't see that being a thing. Yeah, between the two of us, I don't know. I mean, but if we. I don't know if we beat Northern Iowa. I mean, they have a loss to Northern Iowa. Or, yeah, they they would have a loss to Northern Iowa. Mm-hmm. They got shellacked by NDSU and lost to a Northern Illinois team who isn't that good. But again, I'm arguing quality losses, and you don't give a crap about that, just like the uh, committee doesn't. So, well, I I don't believe in moral victories. You win or you lost. I don't know. I I've, I I, I like looking at that, it like I. I get it to a point. Yeah, they lost to you and I, but we have the same records, and they beat us at our house. And I get, I get That's that argument too. Like, if I, if, if it was, I was a that... three-way triangle, and then you want to play, and then like if you're yeah. doing a three-way triangle between us, you and I, and Illinois State, then you can play the well. They beat them, we beat them. Our losses are better, neener, neener, neener. But really, when it's head, when it's head to head, you got the same records. You're in the same conference. You. Both played an FBS game, and they don't look at those losses. Those losses don't count to the committee. They don't even go on the record in their minds. Then it boils down to head-to-head. Yeah. Especially when they beat us at home. That's the biggest thing to me. What would be real interesting is if they would have um, – if, if the committee would have done another ranking. So we could have they, seen like – they did the first year that they came out with these rankings that they they started right. to show them, and then they stopped. Yeah, we had too much work for them to do it. You know, <laughs> twice it's I really hard. Yeah. I know, like I do it. You know, twelve times a season, thirteen, <laughs> fourteen, even when you include the preseason poll, it's really difficult. I don't know. If, I don't know if I could pull off two. <laughs> Poor eighties. So that that would be interesting to see, like where where everybody sits right now, or you know where SCSU, Illinois State, and UNI sit right now, right? Um, because I think that right as it sits, UNI is over Illinois State, probably right? most likely, and then we're right below Illinois State. Mm-hmm. And so if we beat the team that's over. Illinois State, you know, do we do we flip flop with where you and I was? I don't. I just don't see it. it they could. I, I guess I could see him doing the quality loss thing. It's it's happened before. The problem with the committee and part of what makes it hard for these teams scheduling wise, you're scheduling, you know, four or five years in advance, and the committees change. Mm-hmm. And what one committee values over the other is different, mm-hmm. and that's where I'm. That's why I look at you know because the, they've got a different committee this year. So you look at who was what who was ranked where. I don't know how you can justify UNH being even near the top ten with the losses they had. So they obviously don't care about who you lost to. They had the big win over Villanova. That's what got them up there. Yeah. I don't see us being able to leapfrog even in my own ranking as much as I would like to, you know, as a fan, when you step back with and take the blue and yellow shades off, it's really hard to leapfrog Illinois state because we beat you and I after what happened at home. Yeah. We should have probably won that game. If, if, ifs and buts were candies and nuts, then, you know, how that saying goes or whatever it is. So <laughs> is that another old timey saying? That I, that I catch crap for? I think so, yeah. <laughs> it is. That's another one. Kyle, 
mark that down. Let me know. Um, but um, yeah, I don't. I just can't see his leapfrogging over Illinois State. But weirder things have happened. All right. Because if you take if you take our game out of play and say that was just uncharacteristic of us to have a game like that, then sure, then quality of losses do come into play, and we win that game. Mm-hmm. We win. We win that battle. I don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, it'll obviously be a lot more clear after this week. Um, hopefully, we take care of business, and we're still having this conversation. Um, and we're not having the conversation of whether we'll be on the bubble if we lose to USD or not. <laughs> right. And that's the thing. We put ourselves in this situation. This could be a conversation of, all right, the, we want Montana to win. So maybe we jump over, you know, Weber. And then now, now it's uh, going to be a different story. And hopefully uh, Weber wins personally, because I don't want Montana to be a higher seed than us because that opens the door to us getting sent to Montana. And that place has been a house of freaking horrors for us. I was yeah, it'd be really nice to looking go... forward to being ranked above them in a seed. And I was really, really hoping to have Montana sent to Brookings for some sweet, cold justice dispensed on the South Dakota winds. Well, wouldn't the true redemption be to go to Montana and get it up there? No, no, I don't think so. I'd rather watch it. <laughs> I would too. Maybe we can make a road trip. I, 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 you know what? I guess I, you know, I. They say revenge is a dish best served cold, and uh, it's cold in both places. So whatever, I'm happy with revenge either way. Hopefully, <laughs> win by eighty. Yeah, agreed. In that hypothetical matchup, right? But yeah, like we said. Um, we got to take care of business this week first. Um, you know, and as I alluded to, if we do happen to lose to you and I, it's going to get real interesting going into last week against USD. Oh, it gets dicey. Um, so let's, let's not let that happen because, you know, the last thing we need is, you know, with all the momentum we had with game day, with almost beating NDSU, Mm-hmm. It's taken a little hit at this point, but let's seize it back and let's get right back on track because it's got the potential to uh, go way off track. Carpe the diem, man. Right. Seize the carp. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Some people that, will get that reference. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, uh, do you have any other comments on seeding or uh, playoff implications? Uh, yeah, I can make some more up. You want me to make some stuff up? I mean, I, I, as long as it's wisdom, then yeah. Oh, but if oh, it's you rambling, yeah. then I don't, nobody wants to hear that. No, probably. <laughs> all right. No, I got nothing then. Yeah, continue on. Yeah, that's fine. All right, fine. I no, knew it. Whatever. Nobody wants to listen to you ramble either. <laughs> <laughs> that's also true. Follow the outline, Brendan. <laughs> so let's move on to this week's picks. We do have some a couple big, you know, like huge out of conference games. Um, the first one is the game we've been talking about a bunch. Number three, Weber State goes to number five, Montana, who, as the technically lower seeded team, is the four and a half point favorite at home, which is kind of surprising to me to see him be that much of a favorite, I guess. That's the Wagriz effect right there, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's a tough place to play. You know, normally teams only get, they say they get three points at home, but it might be that full four and a half. Right, you know, and some of that's probably how they looked against UND, but UND's been so up and down. You know, what a shame they lost. I am just hurt. It's disappointing (laughs) with how much crying they've been doing as a program on social media, string together more than one game after the other, you know maybe win three or four in a row and you might get ranked higher. Anyways, um, <laughs> shade. Um, we need a sound effect button for that. Shade. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in the shade. Like but <laughs> D- Dallas, get on that for us. Dallas, fix it. Make, make my dreams come true. <laughs> so, um, no, but, uh, you know, I... 
I still got to go with Weaver in that one. I'm going to go Weaver. I think they win at Wagres. They've met every challenge so far. Sac State laid the wood to Montana. So I'm going to go and I'm going to go with Weaver. I, I got a lot of confidence in Weaver. Weaver finally sold me. I went against him week after week after week. And, um, I think their offense is good enough to get it done. And that defense is nasty. So give me Weaver on the road to silence the Montana faithful and have them feeling queasy going into the brawl of the wild. I feel like you, your pick is fueled by some preconceived notions toward Montana. No, no. (laughs) When it comes to making picks, I hold no animosity against anybody except for you. (laughs) (laughs) So, you're right. Montana did get beat by Sac State pretty badly, but that was at Sac State. That's fine. And, I mean, you know, you mentioned Wagriz. They do play well at home. I'm going to go opposite of you here. I don't like the spread where it's at because I feel like um, I feel like Montana might win by three. I don't like the four-and-a-half-point spread, but... I'm going to trust the people who make these odds and go with Montana. All right. So a little more separation Look there. At you. Look at you. Now I can tell he's pulling out the, the real gambler in himself <laughs> here. He's like, no, I'm not, I'm God, not letting him catch me on no more picks. Uh, uh-uh, ain't going to happen today. Scooter. Got to get serious now. Super serious. <laughs> so then we go to, uh, Another big one in terms of seeding, like we talked about, number eight, Furman goes to number 17, Wofford, and Wofford is a one-point home underdog in that one. Um, I don't know which way to go with this one just because I don't know how good Furman actually is. Um, I guess, do you have any good insight for us? Uh, Furman is a SOCOM team. That's yeah. That's <laughs> no. Oh, uh, Furman has appeared to be really good, other than their one head scratcher loss um, this season. And Walford has climbed the rankings without having any wins necessarily that are great wins to justify it. They've more climbed the rankings just because they've won a bunch against SoCon teams, and the SoCon isn't that great. Um, there's a couple decent teams there. Wofford's decent. Uh, the Citadel's okay. Um, but I do uh, like Furman in this game. Last time I think we picked a Furman game, I think I stubbed my toe pretty badly. But I'm going to go ahead um, with it being a pick game. I'm going to take Furman on the road because Wofford is, I think they might actually be the smallest Division One school in the country. They have less than 20,000 living alumni. So, it's a yeah, fun, that, fact, fun fact fun for you. Fact. I'm a fun factory, but <laughs> um, so uh, I'm gonna. It's not gonna be like a crazy, crazy environment. It isn't an easy place to play, but where is other than USD? So um, I'm gonna go ahead and take Furman. I'm gonna go opposite here too. I'm gonna go Wofford. I think. Um, and this is purely based on how they <laughs> they seem to play well at the, towards the end of the season. Like you know, they've had some good playoff um, runs in the past couple of years, uh, winning a game or two. So I'm going to go with Wofford here, covering the one at home and probably winning. Plus, I really want Furman to lose seed wise, so. Got that. I'd love for him to lose. I'm more than happy to sacrifice this pick because you're wrong on the one before. So I'll take a, I'll take a tie. <laughs> All right. So then we get into Missouri Valley games, and we've got Youngstown State going to Indiana State, and this is going to be a garbage game. Um, Youngstown State's favored by three, but uh, I mean, I, who who actually cares between these two teams anymore? Now, I'm, I'll, I'll pick this one first since you picked the other two first and we made that rule. 
Um, and then didn't follow it like right. immediately. We immediately <laughs> disregarded the rule. Like, yeah, but clearly, yeah. clearly, I wasn't taking advantage of it by going opposite of you. So, welcome to B team's picks, is in any way where the <laughs> points are made up and the rules don't matter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, I'll go with Indiana State in this one just based on how they showed fight against you and I last week and how Youngstown State just folded against USD. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead with you. Uh, Indiana State doesn't look like they've given up, and they're, they're still fighting on the season. I think um, Mallory's got them rocking still. So I'll take them over Youngstown State. Polini teams, when they're in the dumps, are in the deep in the dumps. So I'll take the trees. We're on the same side for one there. And then we go to uh, Southern Illinois, who's number 24 in the polls, who's fighting for their playoff lives, trying to make a case. Late in the season here, and they go to Western Illinois, who uh, showed some life a little bit last week against NDSU, scoring 21, and the week before they obviously beat USD and embarrassed them. So go Western Illinois. But they're 14-point home dogs this week against Southern Illinois. I'm going to take Southern Illinois in this one. Um, I think that they're going to make sure that they get into the playoffs uh, by taking care of business and covering 14 here. Yeah, I think I'm going to go um, with Southern Illinois as well. I don't think uh, I think those were mostly garbage points that Western scored against NDSU and Southern's got something to play for and they've been a hot team of late. I mean, they haven't been playing the best teams, but they've been a fairly hot team, so Go ahead and give me the Saluki Dogs. All righty, and then we go to uh, USD visits NDSU. NDSU is a 27.5 point, moderate 27.5 point favorite compared to the spreads we've been seeing lately with them. Um, I'm going to go with NDSU covering that game. I think that USD, I mean, they do have an offense, but I think that it's not going to be a match for NDSU's defense in that one. Yeah, that's a weird spread. I didn't look at this before. That's an odd spread. They were having spreads bigger than that against like Illinois State and you and I, weren't they? They were big. Uh, you talk well, for a second, and I'll similar. go. I'll go look them up. Like I feel like that's <laughs> a really funky spread. You think uh, it should be bigger? Obviously. Yeah, I think it should be bigger. I'm going to take NDSU for sure. They're at home. I mean, unless they sleepwalk through this, I, I got to take NDSU on that type of spread because, yeah, USD can score, but their points are going to be probably garbage time points, I'm thinking. I don't think their offense is that much better than anybody else's, that's for sure. And I think NDSU's off offense is going to go through their defense like Swiss cheese. So, <laughs> I mean, but honestly, yeah, sure. You, you, The games their defense has done well, it's been generally speaking against backup quarterbacks. They will not be facing a backup quarterback. They'll be facing a very good quarterback with a very good, well, I don't know about very, uh, they, a good quarterback against a really good offensive line and a really good running game. It's not going to end well for them, I don't think. Yeah, I agree with you. And just for record's sake, um, NDSU was a 14.5-point favorite at Illinois State and a 19-point favorite at home against UNI. So the the big spreads were against like Missouri State and West right. Illinois and Youngstown State. So Yeah, I don't know. That game against Youngstown must have changed a lot of odds makers' minds. I don't know because they lost to Western Illinois. So I don't, I don't get it. We'll see. I think we're we're both we're both on the same side though. Um we think NDSU is gonna take care of business there. Missouri State goes to Illinois State, who's hot off their big win against us, and they are twenty one point favorites at home against Missouri State. That's a pretty big spread for a team that hasn't really been blowing teams out this year. Yeah, um, that's true, and their offense hasn't shown themselves terribly capable of just dicing people up. But on the same token, it looked like this last game watching Illinois State play us, they started to get comfortable with letting Davis let it fly a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that was one of the things that did hurt us on defense is they pass a lot more and more effectively than I expected them to. Yep. It's going to be a lot colder in Illinois than it is in Missouri this time of year, especially with the Arctic blast that we've got going on, polar vortex, whatever. <laughs> so um, I'm going to take Illinois State. Missouri State does all right on ho- at home, but I don't think they do well on the road. Yeah, I'll take Illinois State too. Um, I just look and I I thought Missouri State had won more than one game this year. No. But they have not. The only team that they beat is West Illinois. Mm-hmm. Not a not not a banner year for the Bears. Not not exactly. <laughs> and uh it's the reason we call them Missouri think, State. Exactly. I think if we we should go back and I'm pretty sure we we nailed the Missouri Valley in terms of how it would end up um, as far as the you know top five teams and the bottom five and yeah so we'll pat, our, pat ourselves on the back for that one I guess yeah we'll look that up and uh, we'll have a recap hopefully we got a buy over Thanksgiving we can have a yeah. recap of the our picks and everything like that for part of that episode as well as talking about the games and matchups and how we feel about how stupid the committee was or wasn't i like that idea i mean uh, chances are we're going to be talking about how stupid they were but (laughs) per per protocol we will be talking about how stupid they were (laughs) so then we got uh our very big game number four you and i coming into the dana dyke house stadium against number nine stsu we've fallen down to number nine now didn't fall out of the top 10 yet, but um, yeah, slipped a little bit, and we are six-point favorites at home, hmm. which is a far cry from the 17.5-point favorites we were last week. Right. Um, hmm. I'm going to let you pick this first for the rule. Yeah, not a bad idea. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bank on us bouncing back here. Um, I think, you know, you mentioned we haven't lost two games in a row since 2015. And when we do lose, we usually come back um, emphatically. I think the seniors on this team, you know, rally people. They get people focused. And we we make that the playoff run starts now. And I I, I think we take care of business and win, you know, in that that 10 range. Um, I think it's going to be a fairly low scoring game because I like our defense against their offense and our offense isn't exactly, you know, clicking right now, but I think that we will take care of the ball a lot better this week. Hopefully, hopefully Stig's been uh, requiring guys to carry footballs around the class all week, um, and make sure they don't drop it. So, um, I'm going to bank on that and we'll uh, I'm going to I'm going to take SDSU minus 6. Yeah. Um god, you had some good points there. Um the big thing for me, not surprisingly. Uh, right. Nobody's mm-hmm. obviously surprised by that. That would not be a surprising <laughs> thing to happen right. at all. <laughs> to hear good points on this program in general <laughs> um, would not be surprising to anybody. I'm sure they come here for the depth and breadth of the conversations that we have. Oh, um, obviously, you know, basically two of the greatest football minds that yeah, we talk, podcasts. At we talked about it last online. week. The the coaches listen every week for tidbits, and pretty obviously, now, I mean, it, they DM it, us. If the if the players aren't already carrying footballs to class, I would bet that shortly after we release this, they received a text message saying, "Go get a football, take it to class." Right, right. It, that is, it's going to be. It's like that uh, uh, that project you had to do when you were a kid in high school and carry around the fake baby to make you not want to yes. have babies. <laughs> You're going to hate having a kid carry this around. And what they should do is send out a text to all the other students and say, "Hey, if you see a football player with a football in their hand, try to knock it out." Right. But this is a group no, effort. You know, let's let's not do that. Let's not do that. You know what will happen? <laughs> what? Pierre Strong was walking across an icy sidewalk and a student drunk off his ass trying to punch a football out of his arm. ACL gone for he's gone for the rest of the season and half of next season. So students, don't, don't, no. 
Okay. <laughs> well, naughty. Check it was out. a terrible idea. Be smart about it. Check out their footing before you go <laughs> go knock out the ball. Oh but if, if they have a solid footing, I condone <laughs> karate, you know, doing the, the peanut punch, as they say in the NFL, and punching that ball out of there. They need to they need to learn, man. You know what? Why don't why don't we just one up this? You get a ten to fifteen yard running start from behind them and you drop kick right on the ball. <laughs> just on, let's on a, up the ante here. Yeah. Let's get serious about oh, yeah. this. Unannounced too. I mean <laughs> this is a this is a surefire way to, to make sure that we don't fumble the ball anymore this year. Right. Maybe just let out like a scream right when you're like mid kick, just scare <laughs> living shit out of them at the same time. <laughs> I like that. Oh in, my god! In all seriousness, though, as we've talked about last week, last week's week game before. and this week's game coming up, you know, one thing we've mentioned is that, well, and fun fact, you and I is second. In the FCS, in the in the turnover margin. Look at you being the fun factory, right? Which is not a good thing for a team like us who has a, a problem. I guess we'll say with fumbling the ball. So no, we really need to take care of the ball. And one thing we've said is that if we at least don't go negative in the turnover margin or go positive, we win this game. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, nine ninety-seven times out of a hundred, I would I would think that if we don't go negative in the turnover margin, I have stated that we win this game. We have that good of a defense, where if you don't put them in bad positions, they will make stops. They'll make enough stops, and our offense is good enough, or we'll score enough points to win the game. So, uh, I mean, if uh, people talk about keys to the game, that is the key to this game and games going forward for this team yeah 100% because and now we've made a problem for ourselves it's one thing if you're throwing interceptions that's easy to correct fumbling is harder to correct in my opinion because once teams notice you fumble the ball guess what they try to do every time you touch the ball they're raking on that ball 10 to 15 times harder than they would normally. You'll be able to get extra yards because they're going to be focused on ripping the ball out. But you're now you've got a target on your back and made it that much harder to hang on to the ball than it even is normally. So now you're starting behind the now you're behind the eight ball. So um I'm with you. If we hang on to the ball, I love our chances to win every game that we play, to be honest with you. Exactly. But um as it sits right now, we haven't been great at that. Uh and, you know, it's it's going to be interesting. You and I have had our number the last two years. Um, and after this loss, I'm sure the team is more than cognizant of that. They're, they're going to be ready to play loaded for bear. Um, you and I doesn't have much of a run game to speak of. They've got all sorts of injuries on the running back front and their top wide receivers are out. Um, the biggest key for us defensively is just going to be keep McKelvin in the pocket and not letting him run and scramble around like Russell Wilson back there. So I think we're not going to have much of a problem with their run game. It's going to be just containing him. I think we should do all right with that and limit the damage he's able to cause. And this is the game that needs to be Pierre Strong's game. It needs to be the game where we give Pierre Strong the ball enough. The amount of carries he had last game was just, ridiculous i mean he had like what 12 carries 10 i think yeah even oh that's better yeah so again carries that dude needs the ball 23 times period end of story as it sits but if if cj's out if cj's out right correct if if cj's in then i'll i'll settle for 15 I want, I want 20, but um, <laughs> so, no, I was greedy. wrong. Mike, Mike, you had 10 last week. Pierre had 12, but ah, still not enough. Still yeah, not still enough. Not nearly enough. And not just three is enough. Three more is enough. Like he needs a lot more carries. So I'm looking for, I think the hogs are going to come out sharp. Um, I think usually what gives us, it trips us up is that three, four defense. Um, I like the way we run the ball against the three, four defense this year. So, Go ahead and give me the jacks. It's not supposed to snow. 
I, as a fan, I selfishly hope it snows because those are my most favorite by far, not even close, favorite games to be at. I love snow games. They're awesome. But um, from a ball security standpoint, I don't like them for us this year. So let's go ahead and not have it snow like it's supposed to. And uh, let's have us a day where we all come out happy and talking about how we're world beaters again instead of everybody coming out mad and wanting to fight each other in the parking lot. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, and having stupid ideas of firing our head coach. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, everybody's entitled to their opinions. That's fine. And if that's your opinion, that's fine. But uh, I guess if you want to buy out Stig's contract and that's your opinion, then you go around, uh, actually come to the game. And go around and hand out shade and go around and hand the bucket out to the other, you know, embarrassingly no low number of us that are there. Otherwise, shut up. And if you're sitting at home screaming for him to be fired, shut up. <laughs> and the thing is, if, like, if he handed around that bucket, it wouldn't get very full. Because no. I think most people realize how good we have it, how good of a coach he is, how good of a staff he has and how just how lucky we are to be as good as we have been for as long as we have been. Yeah. And let's be honest, they didn't have a good game coaching wise either. No, you know, we did not have a good game coaching, but that being said, um, I think a lot of that from our fans is just frustration. And um, I, I call that the NDSU effect. Mm-hmm. Everybody on everybody goes. Oh well, yeah, ah, they didn't beat NDSU, so they're not any good. But what are you? Ta- do you people don't understand the enormity of what this program has accomplished just in the last five years, being the semifinals twice? There are three other programs not named NDSU who have done more in the last five years or ten years even. Mm-hmm. And their names are Eastern Washington, Sam Houston State, and JMU. That's it, period, end of story. Those are the only ones. Mm-hmm. So it, I think you're, we're so close fan base-wise, and we're so close to getting over the NDSU hump, but just geography-wise, having your main rival um, be having the success they're having, it feels like it should just happen, like it just happens. Like, yeah. why aren't we good enough? It, it, we should be good enough. We, we should be. We got a new stadium. We should be. That's not. We're getting there. And it's very possible this is the year. But NDSU, during one of the seasons they won, I'm pretty sure they lost to like a one-win USD mm-hmm. team at home. Lost to a one-win USD team and went on to win the national title. So let's all calm down. That's why we don't record this podcast on Saturdays because we'd say <laughs> things that we'd go back and go, oh no, what did we say? Yeah. So, um, I think, yeah, we just need to breathe a little bit. Uh, go ahead, bring a friend with you to the game. If you can't bring a friend with you to the game, hijack somebody, bring them into the game. Just don't, <laughs> uh, you know, be sneaky about it. Otherwise, you can go to jail. Um, and, uh, Let's have some fun tailgating this weekend. I know the hair raisers and the struggle bus, we're going to have a good time. Uh, we're combining forces for our tailgate. We're going to have a mega tent over by the alumni tent. We're all going to put them up together. It's going to be pretty sweet. I like that. So then I have been challenged to a pork loin smoke off. So I like to win things. So we're going to go do that. <laughs> come on by we'll have heaters ripping and music blaring and tvs big tons of tent space anybody want to have some fun have a beer i mean beverage or two um come on down have fun for sure i will be there this week i was absent at tailgating last week i will admit that however i, I wasn't gonna out you on I, that i really wasn't I made the slide. I made the game, so let's just which matters. Take it easy, but no, I, I will be there at nine a.m. on Saturday. You got my word with your bells on. Well, and my the, I I trust your word. I don't trust your pickup because it's a four. You know, yeah. <laughs> I hope to have that 
by this weekend too. So, what a day! I'll have my Ford and my mustache in tow. And yeah, that's a good looking stash. Look yeah. at you. That's not, that's looking sharp. Supporting the Movember deal, so yeah. Yeah. I dig it. Well, with that, um, like we said, let's clean it up, let's take care of business, and let's get back on track. Let's do it. Other than that, go big, go blue. Go Jacks. Go Jacks. This has been the B-Team Podcast. Remember to like and subscribe, as well as follow Jackrabbit Illustrated on Facebook and Twitter. Don't have your hopes too high. We're going to give her our A effort, but we are the B-Team. Average that out. I'm not sure on the math words. There's, you throw letters in with math, and I don't like it. Now here's Ben and Brandon. 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 Now, here's Ben and Brandon. Here's Brent. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan, Brendan, Brendan. <laughs>